Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. David Smoke with Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach, 365 Sports. And uh, I want to start with this. Dre Edwards, the story of her patience and resiliency and, and even yours in the entire program because of what she had to deal with. What did you learn about her and, and also just how she's handled everything? And my goodness, it's glad to see her play basketball. Yeah, I mean, really a, a feel-good story. I think last year was obviously a, a, a challenge. Um, a, a challenge that we knew was a possibility though. Like we did not um, ever go into it, not knowing that it was a, a realistic possibility um, that she may not play and that she would have to sit a year to play a year. And in this day and age of, of student athlete welfare and waivers and everything else, so often you, you see players um, are playing right away. So it's actually unusual um, especially a year ago. I think we're going to start to see them a little bit more and more, but things being denied. But, um, you know, I just think what she did last year in terms of, you know, rushing a sorority and graduating um, the, the credit load she took last summer and into the fall to make make eligibility even a possibility from an academic and a progress towards the degree um, to graduating this summer and, and starting a master's program in social work. Um, I just, I'm, I'm really proud of the progress she's made. I think that, um, you know, she may not have grown on the court as much as she could have last year, but I think it was, it was a little bit about the acclimation process. It was about finding a comfortable space where she, um, you know, we didn't load her too much. And so I, I think we're starting to see kind of the fruits of the labor now. And I think she, she feels really loved by this community um, and supported by uh, this community. And so I, I think it felt really good for her to be out there and, um, be so successful in the opener. I mean, it, it you know, this, this next game is going to be a big one because oh, I don't yeah. know if people know, but, but uh, not only is it a huge game for our program, but even personally for Dre, you know, she was Pac-12 freshman of the year at Utah. Um, and so um, I don't, I don't think she's been back, you know, since she left after her freshman year. So um, going to be a lot of emotion involved in that one as well. So it's uh, Utah. And again, as a break between when you just beat Southern, but also Utah next week, they're fifth in the country. Ranking, rankings can change between week to week, but obviously a heck of a challenge. And what I, I get a feeling you look forward to this. You're going to find out and they will too, who they are, right? Yeah. I mean, we scheduled it for a reason. Now, truthfully, it was supposed to be, you know, ideally the third game of a, a preseason WNIT that kind of 
fell apart um, in July. And so that's kind of why we have this long break. It was too late to find another team this week. And so um, we were able to, to replace games that we thought we would get with the NIT um, more towards Christmas. But um yeah, I, I think it's a it's a matchup um, that's going to challenge us. You know, whether it was a scrimmage against A and M or the different types of uh, teams that we have practiced or competed against so far, um, there's no doubt that Utah is the most veteran. Um, they return all five starters. You know, off a, a team that was an air ball free throw away from the Elite Eight uh, a year ago, and I, I think they're a hungry team. Picked first. <laughs> in a really, really, really strong Pac-12, um, you know, and have the preseason player of the year in Peely, who was also the player of the year last year. So um, they stretch out, they make threes. Man, if you make mistakes defensively, they'll make you pay. So, um, yeah, we're going to definitely see where we're at and, and what we need to work on um, to, to be – I think we have the talent to compete with them. I, I don't have any doubt that, that we have the talent and the players to compete with them. Um, but I, I think the seasoning can be a big part of, of these type of matchups. You know, do we, do we share the ball? Are we connected? Um, do we, do we get the ball where it needs to go and when it needs to go there? Um, do we take the three away? Do we give them one shot? You know, are we doing all the little things, um, that season season teams do? And as veteran as we are, we still have a lot of new starters and a lot of new pieces. And I, I think there's, there's no doubt we're going to be better in February and March than we are in November. There's so much made of realignment. And then obviously the additions of what happened this year with the big 12, but the incoming four from the pac 12. And here you are, Utah five, Arizona, not long ago, won a national championship. Uh, also, we just saw what Colorado did to the defending national champions and looked good doing it in Arizona state. Um, so as a women's basketball coach and, the new teams around the corner, even though you're focused on now, was that somewhat overlooked in your opinion about who's about to join the conference? Well, I think there's, you know, obviously when it comes to realignment, it's, it's, it's football driven. We sure. all, we all understand, we all understand where the bread is buttered in college sports and, and understand um, that it certainly impacts us in a big way. Um, I think, you know, this year, um, the additions that we had are our programs in Cincinnati and UCF and Houston that are going to benefit, you know, from Big 12 affiliation and recruiting in a lot of different ways, but maybe don't bring the history or, or the rankings. Um, but then you add these Pac-12 teams and, you know, Colorado got over the hump two years ago um, and, and have been in the NCAA tournament two years in a row besides obviously, you know, a huge upset to start the season. Um, you know, even Arizona State, who's the non-ranked team in that, that grouping, probably has as good a history as anybody in the group, but, but Charlie Turner Thorne retired uh, a little over a year ago. And so they're, they're just still in that transition phase, new coach, uh, new system and, you know, doing things differently. So, yeah, I think Arizona, Colorado, uh, Utah, I mean, Utah turned the corner and, and just are really talented and know who they are. And they went from a team that knew what they were doing and how they were doing it to a team that's now recruiting players, um, in the top 20, like they, they were winning with players, top hundred kids, fringe top hundred kids. Now, because of their success, you know, their recruiting is elevated and, and they're in the sun, you know, top 20 kids now. So, you know, I, I think they're really going to add, um, depth 
talent, uh, maybe open up the West in recruiting in a lot of ways. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have to look at it as an opportunity, but there's no doubt that it's, um, especially with, you know, 16 teams and an unbalanced schedule, um, it, it's going to be a unique um, situation that we're all going to be kind of, and, and not just us, it's going to be in the Big Ten, it's going to be everywhere, just these, you know, kind of super conferences and and the dynamics of, you know, you're going to have fewer conference champions. It's, it's harder to get it, win a conference championship. So um, there's no doubt that they're going to add a lot of strength to our league um, in, in 2024. Sarah Andrews came in with a lot of uh, uh, hype and, and is All-American when she came out of high school and she's been a part of this program through a lot. And then she went over 1,000 points, which was pretty cool. But what I hear is, yeah, that's great. But what I hear is her growth as someone who now is a leader, not just because she's an older player, but because of the way she has now kind of accepted or understands her role of what you need from her to be a leader on your basketball team. Yeah, Sarah Andrews is is a special talent. There was no doubt. You know, when I when I took the job, I certainly knew of her. She hadn't played a lot as a freshman. Um you know, she was a player that was so hungry to get court time um, that first year, um, but also was was very um, passive in terms of, you know, we had Jordan Lewis, who was a six-year senior, and Queen was a big personality, and, and Melissa Smith was her best friend and certainly um, the best player on our team. And so because of that, you know, she, she was able to just kind of play her game. And, and do it really effectively, efficiently. I thought, um, arguably, she doesn't, you know, break her wrist um, in February that year and isn't playing hurt, you know, that, that we would have had a, a better chance to finish the season, you know, a little bit differently. But, um, you know, I, I think she's making strides each year. It's, it's not natural for her, but I think it's something that um, you need to naturally do from that position. Um, also with the time that she, uh, you know, has been here and understands our system. Um, she, she's our best player. Um, but she also needs to get the feel of like, when do I need to give it up? When do I need to involve everybody else? And why do we do, you know, what we do? And I think that's her greatest strength is that she understands that her teammates are looking for her to lead. They need her to lead, um, mainly on the court. You know, it's not always about what somebody does off the court. It's about when you step on the floor and you get between the lines, they're going to listen to the person that knows what they're doing, who's been there, who's done that, and who has the ball in her hands the majority of the time. And so, you know, I think it's been something sporadic um, that she did a year ago. There were times when she was an unbelievable leader and, and times when she would disappear a little bit as a leader and it would fluctuate based on, you know, kind of how she was playing um, and understanding that it, it, it makes no difference whether she's making shots or missing shots, that role can't change. You know, that's, that's gotta be the one constant that she's leading and getting people where they need to go. It's not that you didn't coach women's basketball at the college level before because you have, and then you went into the WNBA and that's a different animal, although it's all basketball and you have to make shots and play defense, et cetera. Where are you better now as you enter this year at Baylor in, in this particular year and getting back into the college game that you love so much? Yeah, I think, I think where I'm better and, and, and truthfully, I think you, you're always still finding your footing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm really only in year six as a head coach. Um, and so because of that, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm learning in a lot of ways. I think where, where my greatest strength is being more direct um, with our team. I think sometimes um, I've always said that, you know, I, 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 I really do care about these kids and relationships matter to me. And I don't just say that because it's a tagline and you have to say it to, to get recruits and get players. Um, but I actually do want our players to be happy. And when you've got 13 players and you know that, that there's those defining moments of who's a starter, who's a role player and who's a cheerleader. Yep. Um, and, and those are, those are hard things, you know, especially when there's, for us right now, there's not a lot of difference. Um, you know, like when you get past two or three and then it's, it's four through nine, 10, 11, um, depending on the game, depending on the matchup, depending on the health, all of that, um, you know, but, but really being more direct in terms of what the expectations are, um, you know, not holding them accountable to those expectations. And, um, you know, it's, it's, because it's it's one of those things when you're in the pros, you're it's it's truly about managing personalities, and it's game planning, and it's so little of of college athletics right now is game planning. You know, so little of it is X's and O's. Like, you know, I used to sit around during the season in the pros, and I was either watching film. Um, preparing a game plan, you know, or, or doing a little pl- player development stuff, you know, but, but so little of, of college athletics right now, it's making sure they're going to class. It's mm-hmm. wondering, you know, I just got out of a meeting to know where are we at in different classes, who's struggling in which class, you know, and where are we at physically, where are we at mentally, where are we, <laughs> you know, and so, so much, so much of my job is, is not, um, just putting them in position to be successful on the court. It's making sure that I can get them in position to be successful on the court. And so, you know, it's a little bit parent, it's a little bit counselor, it's a little bit um, of everything all the time. Um, but I think I know the ebbs and the, the flow to, to college sports more and more. And, and even though I was only gone from college sports for five years, like, Gen Z is different. You know, <laughs> this group is just different and, and it doesn't, it's not me to, to, to bash um, them. I mean, I've got three kids um, that are Gen Zers, you know, and so, but it's about understanding how they think, how they move, um, what they're motivated by, like how I can get through to them, how I can get the most out of them. Um, so that part doesn't change. You know, the idea of being a coach is about motivating and pushing buddy, buttons and, and helping them, you know, kind of unlock their potential, but it looks different generationally. Like, and, and I think some of that is, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out. I think all the coaches in the country are trying to figure it out a little bit, but you have to look at it as an opportunity, even though at times you're frustrated by um, certain things and how they're said or how they're perceived. The idea is still like, this is, this generation is going to do huge things in this world. So how are we guiding them? to help them accomplish those things. And when they leave here, they're going to leave here better um, regardless of what they do, whether they're professional athletes, whether they're um, go to grad school, whether they're going to be doctors, lawyers, you know, whatever it is, IT specialists that, that we've prepared them um, the best of our ability to, to be good leaders, you know, in the world. 
Well, that's a perfect segue to my last question. Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach, Utah, what, Tuesday in a great matchup at the Farrell. And uh, we'll have Nikki on uh, at least uh, two or three times a month, about every other week, and can't wait for those times. It's great to get you on when I can. You mentioned being a parent. Yes, you are. You mentioned three kids. Yes, you have. Uh, and now two of them are right there with you on campus. How much is that with Reese and Connor so close? And Because I know that it was difficult because of it there in the east coast you're here and that especially when you first took over how much has that at least allowed you to go yes Mm -hmm. it's um you know it's almost like therapy without (laughs) um a therapist you know like it's um you know my son when we're in the practice gym usually so at some point during practice i'll look and look up and he'll be doing homework on my balcony um, you know, so I see him almost every day. Like he's super invested in terms of watching the team and, and really, um, you know, he told me it's become more difficult to watch the games now because he's more invested, you know, before right, right. he knew when I was playing, but you know, once he started like, okay, that's what she can do. That's what I know she's capable of doing. Um, I think, I think he's invested at a totally different level, but you know, he's, he's just around a lot and, you know, we, we, we cook dinner occasionally together and, you know, my, my son loves food and loves to, to cook. He learned to cook during COVID and, and so it's just kind of his thing. And then Reese is just busy all the time, you know, with cheer, vertical flow, different things that she's doing on campus. Um, her schedule is a little more jam packed than Connor's. Um, but you know, I do see her at least three or four times a week and she pops over just not as long. Um, but you know, it's, it's been so good, but the bigger part of it for me is, and everyone who's a parent knows this, you're, you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. And so it's, they love Baylor, you know, and they've really enjoyed their experience here so far. So as as great as it's been for me to have them close and even to have Connor doing his laundry at the house and, and be around, um, you know, it's, it's, it's way more therapeutic to see them um, kind of growing and, and engaging and being a part of this Baylor community and, and loving being students and, and the growth that I'm seeing in them in the classroom and everywhere else. So great to have them here, but even better that they, they seem to really be enjoying it. It's not that they're just here because mom's here or, yeah. you know, they got a discount on their tuition. <laughs> 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 hey, can you can you discuss Inez signing with you? Is that official now? I guess it is because can, you posted. Yes. Okay, uh, yes, tell tell everyone official. what she brings to the table. The, from Bulgaria, played up in New York and the AAU. Yeah, I, I you know like I I tried to think of someone um, that she reminds me of that that Baylor fans would know, and I I don't. I don't have my finger on, on that yet, but what I, what I love about her, she's so confident. Like there's just a, a swagger and a, I mean, she's a kid whose mom um, was a professional women's basketball player well into her forties, like past Monty Ginobili, like wow. in terms of, and, and now she coaches and runs an academy in, in England, um, but is Bulgarian. And so Nez just grew up in the gym, you know, she grew up and, and came to the United States, just like, you know, I, I remember the first time I talked to, to Diana, her mom, and her mom just said, like, look, like, 
you go where you're going to grow. Like, and if that's your dream is to play basketball, like, you know, that's why I had let her leave at 15 to come over and, and play in prep school in America. And, and she was kind of a late bloomer in terms of like probably the club scene. Um, but I think she's, she's got really, really deep range. Um, I mean, deep range from three, um, but she can make all the plays off the bounce, you know, but it's really like the thing that, that always stands out to me um, with point guards or, or guards that are combo guards and can play either guard position is, you know, what do they act like when things aren't going well? And the Gauchos weren't the best AAU team this summer. You know, they, they had some talent, but, you know, I, I probably watched them lose a game by 30. And she was still in that huddle talking to them, you know, leading them, getting them shots. Like when I see that, like I see someone that isn't just out there to get her own shots up, you know, especially when you're down. It's like she's still talking, she's still competing, um, but she can really score it, um, you know, off the bounce. She can make the passes. And then she's just a feisty defender. I don't think people are going to talk about her um, defensive prowess and maybe it's not her greatest strength because of her shooting ability. Um, but I think she really gets after it. Um, but she's just, she's a gym rat kid. She loves the hoop, you know, and, and I think that's a big part of, of what I loved about her from the first time I saw her is, is you can tell she loves to play and there's like a competitive edge about her. Thank you, Nikki. Appreciate it. Glad we uh, got this one and one of many to come. And, and good luck coming up against Utah. I'll see you there at that one. Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach on 365 Sports. 